markets hit all-time records fueled by great earnings reports from large tech companies including Amazon and Google, as well as the big banks. These records contrast greatly with the challenges of the typical small Main Street merchant who's just struggling to stay afloat and get by. And guess what? It turns out it's not just small merchants that are having a tough time. So are small banks. In this edition of the Commerce Code Podcast, are small banks being left behind by big tech and fintech? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on February 12th. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. Over the past year, much of the focus for economic stimulus has been on small businesses, especially, you know, those restaurants and retailers who've had to shut their doors during the pandemic. Yet very few focus on the challenges faced by small banks. In the U.S., there are over 5,000 small banks. That's more than in any other country. And these banks have been hit hard by the pandemic and the recession that has followed. But even before the recession, small banks were hurting. According to the Federal Reserve Bank, the number of small banks declined by about 70% between 1990 and 2018. By contrast, during the past year, big banks, the top 10, have been getting bigger and stronger. And fintechs like Klarna or Lending Club are claiming an ever-increasing share of payments and banking activities, well, that used to be done by small banks. So it begs the question, Are big banks and fintech growing at the expense of the little guys, the small banks? Today on the show, we speak with a company that's leveling the playing field for smaller banks by providing new technologies to this segment. They believe it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. They're making a business out of helping small banks compete with the big guys and fintechs. Mehmet Sezgin is the CEO and founder of MyGenie, a San Francisco-based fintech company that powers banking platforms. And get this, Mehmet used to be an executive at one of the largest banks in the world, BBVA, based in Spain, but with operations around the world, including Europe, the U.S., and Latin America. Good morning, Mehmet. It's great to speak with you this morning. Good morning, Silvio. Same here. Today, if I understand correctly, you're back here in San Francisco at the headquarters of MyGenie. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. A lot has happened since we last spoke. And one of the big surprises is that, you know, in the last recession, many people really think that the big banks caused the last recession. But this time around, in sort of the pandemic-induced recession, large banks have actually done a pretty good job in navigating and also growing. They're doing things like investing in fintech companies, setting up venture arms here. But then there's the other side of the coin, the smaller banks. And they don't have the same resources as the big money center banks like Chase and Wells Fargo and Bank of America. How are these smaller banks doing competing in fintech and just surviving the pandemic? That's an excellent question. When it comes to crises and opportunities, usually we find out that in some cases, like 2008, it's the big banks which have the trouble and the stress of all these different elements coming toward them. But in this case, I think we find not only that the big tech companies have fared definitely well, but also the big banks, because of their existing infrastructure, especially with mobile banking, I think they fared well because of that. The community banks, the credit unions, 
Even regional banks, they actually emphasize their branch presence, human touch, ability to know the people so that they can be more personal. But when people don't go out of their home, you cannot claim to have that personal touch. I think that has been the main challenge. And since most of those smaller financial institutions did not make a sufficient investment into their mobile banking infrastructure, they are not faring well. So I think that's one of the main reasons why we're seeing that the smaller banks are not as good as they should be in such crisis. And if you think about what they're going to have to do in 2021 to stay afloat, what's the biggest single thing that they're going to have to navigate in order to be successful during this pandemic and and be around a year from now? Excellent question. There are three things they can do, and I think two will not be timing-wise smart for them. So three things. One, they can start investing in their IT. Even if they had the money and the resources, it's going to take time. We all know it. The second thing is try to work out with their processors, system providers to get higher priority. And that is also another very high priority, unfortunately, because there are a couple of processors in the U.S., which provides services to these thousands of banks. And you got to get in line into that priority list. So I think the only option that is in front of the smaller banks is work efficiently with fintechs. And that's where the interesting dilemma comes. Because as you just pointed out, most big banks already invested, acquired, and have been working with fintechs. But smaller banks, they just relied on their existing relationships. There are hundreds of fintechs, many of them actually coming out of Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area. These fintechs are looking for clients to prove their business cases. So I think not only it is the smart way to work for smaller banks, but I don't think they have other options. And I think that's the only option in front of them. Start working with fintechs immediately. Really interesting insight. And basically what you're saying is partner or perish. Now, Mehmet, one thing I want to ask about is outside the United States. You have a very international background, born in Turkey. You're an executive at BBVA, one of the largest banks in the world and one of the top three banks in Europe. And you work with many companies around the world as CEO of MyGenie. What we've seen is because of initiatives in Europe like open banking, the mobile payments and mobile fintech revolution in Asia, those markets in some areas are actually leapfrogging the United States. So we can look at those geographies and see a little bit of what's coming next to the U.S. What do you see banks doing in Europe and Asia specifically that they're not yet doing in the U.S.? Well, I think we can categorize them into three main areas. One of them is the contactless payments. The rest of the world outside of the United States definitely moved earlier on EMV, the famous chip migration. And therefore, they had a jumpstart in contactless technologies as well. So now, majority of the transactions in most of the markets outside of the United States have been using contactless payments. And U.S., especially smaller banks, they're now trying to see, hey, can we convert our cards into contactless technology? And I think it's already too late because consumers want the mobile phones, not contactless cards anymore. The other thing is in terms of working with merchants, most banks around the world use their commercial relationships to establish merchant relationships as well, creating offers to their own cardholders. Right now in the US, it is so late to say, hey, 
why don't banks start acquiring relationships? But they can still start reaching out to their commercial partners to say, hey, what is it that we can do to help you and help our cardholders at the same time? The third thing we see is the installment payments. It's not everywhere in Europe, but most emerging markets, we see installment payments are used most of the time whenever there is a large transaction ticket. Now, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but Klarna was able to pay $5.5 million for a 30-second commercial trying to introduce installment concept to the U.S. And that's a technology firm. That's a fintech. That's not a bank. So if the banks don't start finding ways to offer installment payments to their cardholders, there are going to be other companies like Klarna, like Affirm, coming to U.S. and creating these experiences. So I think these are the three areas that U.S. banks definitely need to have a deeper look and come up with a priority list to address those. Yeah, I did see the Klarna ads and uh, Klarna, as you know, is a digital commerce alliance member and has been for some time. And it is fascinating to see a Swedish unicorn company bringing payments and banking innovation to the U.S. and doing it in such a successful way. An indication of some of the innovation that's happening outside the U.S. being brought now to the U.S. Very great example of that. Now, at my genie, you're one of those companies, right? You're one of those companies bringing innovation to small banks and actually all banks. Can you tell me a little bit about what capabilities my genie brings to assist banks in doing some of these things that you talked about, you know, creating alliances and partnerships with local businesses, being able to do offers and engagement and even installment payments and, and mobile wallet payments. Can you talk a little bit about how my genie does that and the capabilities you bring to the table? Sure. As you rightly said, based on the experience that I had in my career, the system we created is very flexible in terms of combining all these different types of relationships into one platform. I think the first thing we do is that we provide a platform where the banks, the issuers can combine all these different things into the same platform. The other thing is customer engagement. You know, mobile banking apps, we use them whenever we need to use them. And what MyGini does is that it takes that mobile banking app and then is able to send push notifications related with your location, you know, situation and relationship with the bank or with the transactions you generate. So all of a sudden, the banking relationship moves from being passive into an active engagement. And that's, Silvio, what we find very, very important in providing a loyalty platform. The third aspect is, we mentioned installments. We're trying to help the banks to create those experiences. So we have a whole installment engine where the bank can generate different offers. For instance, it could be a different bin range customer segment. It could be a certain merchant or merchants. It could be a certain time. And based on that criteria, we're able to use our push notifications to send precisely that particular offer to the cardholder whenever there is a transaction. So what happens with that is the issuer bank keeps the volume on the card rather than losing it to a consumer loan of another bank. And I think that's very important. Well, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom, Mehmet. It was great to have you back on the podcast and great to have you back here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Silvia. Thank you very much. That's Mehmet Sezgin, the CEO and founder of MyGenie, talking to us from San Francisco, California. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the social value of small banks. 
In this age of big tech and banks that are too big to fail, one could come to the conclusion that bigger is just, well, better. But that might not be correct. According to a recent article by Raphael Bostic, the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, and I quote here, small banks bring truly unique benefits to the communities where they operate, particularly in rural areas and underserved urban neighborhoods. Small, locally-based institutions have always been vital to small business, agricultural, and consumer lending. Now, interestingly, Raphael Bostic is the first African-American to serve as a Federal Reserve Bank branch president. He points out that small banks are much better at serving African-American, minority, and farming communities. So, in an age where income inequality has been exacerbated by the pandemic, small banks may play a critical role in righting past wrongs. Simply put, bigger may not, in fact, always be better when it comes to banks. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.